0: Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. And this week I want to talk to you about sons that serve with a spirit of excellence. You'll see how these two are so connected together. 1 Chronicles 22 verse 7 to 10 tells us that the word of the Lord came to David and said, David, you've been a man of blood You can't build what I want to build, but I'm going to use your son Solomon. When you read about Solomon in the Old Testament, he is the picture of sonship in the kingdom of God. He is the picture of what all of creation is longing for. When Solomon is born and he goes and he begins to reign in Israel, it is the pinnacle of the history of Israel in the Old Testament. Forty years under King Saul. Of chaos, 40 years under David, which is striving to break through and bloodshed and, and battles, but 40 years of rest and dramatic increase under the kingdom of Solomon. Yeah. So he says to Solomon, God says to David about Solomon, you, verse 9 of 1 Chronicles 22, You will have a son, he'll be a man of peace and rest, and I will give him rest from all of his enemies on every side. His name will be Solomon, and I will grant Israel peace and quiet during his reign. You're the answer to this city, church. Who, me? (laughs) Me? Little me? Yeah, you. You're the sons of God. Female, male sons of God. And God says, through what I do in you, through the way I shape your mind, and through the way you serve this city, you will be the answer to this city The one thing about Solomon is sonship. 1 Chronicles 28, verse 6, you can write this down. It says, Solomon, your son will build my house and my courts, for I have chosen Solomon to be my son, and I will be his father. That's what God says about Solomon. Verse 5 of that same chapter says, David said, of all my sons, for the Lord has given me many, he's chosen Solomon to be my son. There's something about Solomon that is a clue to what God wants to do in this generation. I'm excited about that. So turn with me to 1 Kings 10 verse 1. Because here it's unpacked. Look in this scripture about the mind of Solomon, but also about the way that Solomon and his sons served in the house. Our focus this month is on serving. We serve with our mind, We come before the Lord and allow His thoughts to be planted over our mind. But we also serve in the way we love others and minister to others. And you're going to see why this is so powerful. This amazes me. You ready? Okay, I'm going to break all the rules of preaching. I'm going to read you 10 verses in a row. All right, And we say, don't do that because most churches can't cope with 10 verses in a row. But I know that you're mature. And you can do it. Yeah. When the Queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relationship to the Lord. Now now listen to all the words. Take it in. She arrived at Jerusalem with a great caravan. I didn't know they had caravans back then. With camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones. She came to Solomon And talk to him about all that she had on her mind. This is the place where problems are solved and answers are there. And Solomon answered all of her questions, for there was nothing too hard for the king to explain to her. You have the mind of Christ. And within you is the answer to every single problem this city faces. I know some of you may find that hard to understand, but this is not your mind. This is not about your IQ. This is not about your education. This is about the wisdom of God that has been placed inside every single believer. Solomon is a picture of the sons of God. And the queen comes to him because she's got questions and problems. She's ruling over a vast region and she needs the word of the Lord and she knows where to go. Solomon. And when the queen of Sheba saw all the wisdom of Solomon and the palace that he had built, the food on his table, the sausages on his barbecue... The seating of his officials. One version says the attentive service and the fine dress of his waiters, his cupbearers, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple. It says, and I'll read a few translations she was overwhelmed, she was awestruck, and her breath was taken away. I've always loved this verse. She said to the king, the report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I didn't believe these things until I came and I saw it with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told me. See, the church in times has had a, a, a been prone to exaggerate about what God's doing. But she's saying, you know what? What I heard isn't even half as good as what I have seen it to be. How amazing is that, hey? You've kept the truth away from me. Indeed, not even half was told in wisdom and wealth. You have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy are your people. How happy are your officials who stand before you and hear your wisdom. Praise be to the Lord your God who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. And this is a good verse. And the, she gave the king 120 talents of gold. Four and a half tons of gold came on her camels. Four and a half tons of gold. In fact, 144,960 ounces of gold. Gold on Friday at the end of trade was $1,750 Australian dollars an ounce. So you do the sums... That's around about $250 million of gold she gave for one sitting to the king. Are you getting this? Now, it's not just about the money. It's about the riches that came to Solomon. She gave large quantities of spices and stones. Never again were there so many spices brought as those the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Verse 13, King Solomon then gave back to the queen. And then it says in verse 14, a verse that I think a lot of people have butchered and taken out of context, but it's so important in this story. Listen to what it says. The weight of gold that Solomon received every year was 666 talents. There's a mark of the beast there. And so you can see people running off with all sorts of weird and wacky analogies. 804,528 ounces of gold. Around about $1.4 billion of gold came to Solomon. Aside from all the riches, the jewels, the spices, in gold alone, 666 talents. Why not 667? Well, I think what God is saying to us is that 666 is a picture of the world system and all that the world has and all the world stands for. And it says here that the world system and everything, the wealth of the wicked was brought in to King Solomon. The system of the world gave itself up to the kingdom of God. Are you getting this? Now, we hear the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, and, and yes, it's money, but it's more than that. It's, it's, it's the mind, it's the influence, it's everything. That's what the wealth of the wicked is about. It's not just about cash, it's about the influence of the world coming into the church. We preach that, we say that, but we don't know how to get it. And Solomon, as the Son of God, teaches us how the wealth of the wicked is brought into the kingdom. We shared about it last week. It was the mind of Solomon because he had overlaid God's mind to his mind. He'd sought wisdom. He'd allowed God to build his mind so the Spirit of God could speak to him. That drew in the wealth, but it wasn't the only thing that drew in the wealth. There were two things. Firstly, the sons of God put their mind to work for God. So I say to you today the wealth of the wicked will come into the church when God's people put their minds to work. Yeah. When we stop, we collectively stop being lazy, when we dedicate our lives to receiving yeah. the implanted word, yeah. when we allow our minds to be washed and renewed, so we begin to pick up the thoughts of heaven, then the wealth of the wicked will be laid up for the just it 's not going to come by you praying and fasting well they 're good things to do it 's not going to come by you crying and begging it 'll come as you allow God to renew your mind yeah. so it says here six hundred and sixty six talents came because the son put his mind to work and secondly, and this is the revelation for you today the people the people committed to serving With excellence. I'm going to show you in a second how profound that is. So we understand wealth came in because Solomon had a mind to answer questions. But in this story, equally as important, that her breath was taken away. She was motivated to give, not just because of the answers to her problems, but because of what she saw in the house of God. So how could the way we serve each other in God's house affect the wealth of the wicked coming to us? How is there a connection? Does what I do on a Sunday and throughout the week serving, laying down my life with a spirit of excellence, does that in and of itself trigger something in the spirit that releases the power of God to bring the wealth of the wicked To the just. I'm glad you asked. Matthew chapter 6. Listen to this. We'll just focus on this part for today. In the wisdom of God, a lily is clothed in more glory than Solomon in all his array. And this lily lasts but for a moment in time. And yet God says, because that lily has discovered... It's purpose and identity and functions in service to the world. So what's the lily do? It grows up. It's beautiful. We look at it and we go, oh, that's amazing. And it dies. And God says, in that moment, there is more power and glory than Solomon and all of his array. Wow. It's a big deal to God For us to release his glory of excellence into a moment. Think about it. Some of you may have heard me talk about this, but Mary spent her livelihood on one moment. She broke her vase and outpoured a fragrant, beautiful perfume. And it was poured out over Jesus for one moment. And it released a redemptive effect that is the reason that you are here today. Think about that. 2,000 years ago, she, in an act of excellence and service, beyond what anyone did, she, released, she wasted her life for a moment. And God says... That very act is the reason that you are here today. He said that. He said that wherever this gospel is preached, what you did will be brought back to remembrance. Yes. Yes. God is saying that act of devotion and excellence I will never, ever forget. And what I do in the future, because remember God, God is encased in every moment of history. He's here today, but he's equally as here yesterday as he is today as he is tomorrow. Yes? Yes. God is everywhere all at once. So he exists in his fullness 2,000 years ago as much as he does in his fullness today and he will in 2,000 years time. And so he lives in that moment and he says, I will cause that moment to continue on for eternity because I am eternity. And you did what you did because you were in me, and you did it unto me. You did it out of your identity. You did it with a pure heart and with a spirit of excellence, and it shall live on. And here's the thing. Most people that benefited from that extreme act of devotion have no clue that they are a result of that action. So I say today, that tells me that when you and I minister with a spirit of excellence, in that moment, it releases something in the realm of the spirit that causes people to respond. And this is a problem. Most people do not join the dots between their act of service and what God does to follow. Are you getting this? David in the the sheepfold slaying the lion and the bear. It was an act of service. He could have walked away, but he would give his life. He gave his very best. And did he know that very act is what got God's attention, that caused the kingdom to come to King David, that aligned him as the father of Jesus Christ. You need to understand that every single act of devotion and excellence has a cataclysmic effect. Are you getting this? And most Christians, and I'm talking to believers today, do not join the dots between your act of service and what God does. You go to churches where there is a spirit of excellence. I mean, a genuine spirit of excellence. Not, of, not out of showmanship or out of trying to get ahead or be noticed, but an absolute devotion to serving God because they understand God is an excellent God. Oh Lord, oh Lord, how excellent is your name in all of the earth. His name is his character. And they've understood that God is a God of excellence. And everything that we do, we put all our heart and our energy into. Where you find people like that, God always begins to bring in the wealth of the wicked. And where there's sloppiness, see King Solomon's son, later on takes the gold shields that Solomon arrayed in the temple. I believe there were 500 And he replaces the gold shield with bronze shields. Sloppiness, half-heartedness, mediocre. Just near enough is good enough. He didn't capture the heart of his father, which was excellence. Do you know the company Rolls Royce? A lot of you follow that, I'm sure. Are interested in Rolls Royces? What an amazing company it is that when they make a car, The hours that go into hand-making each car, I I believe there's about 2,500 cars made per year, all handmade, 10 coats of paint. When when the car comes out of the assembly line, they they have stethoscopes that they listen to the engine for eight hours, listening for any knock or anything that seems to be out of time. 10 coats of paint. No wonder the car comes out with the odometer, that goes to a million miles. Why? Because it's made with excellence. And this is for a product that is not eternal. So Paul says that when you make the house of God, when you labor in the house of God, see to it, you don't do it with straw, hay and stubble, but big gold class volunteers. Does he not say that? I know he may not use the word volunteers, but he says make sure you do it with things that won't be destroyed. It's talking about the motivations of the heart come into the house of God with excellence. Because what you do in that moment will affect all of this city. And we don't get it often that our attitudes is what's stopping the kingdom flow into our lives personally and into the kingdom of God. And we oh if only the preacher would preach better. We'd have a bigger church. And maybe that's true. But have we ever thought that if we all served with a spirit of... Rec- See, it wasn't down just to Solomon to answer questions. Imagine if he answered all the questions, but the waiters came in and, you know, their shirt's missing a button, you know, and they're, you know, and uh, what would you like? Oh, we got none of that. Sorry, do You don't like your coffee? Well, that's what we do. Tough. You've been to places like that. There's no excellence. But what captured... The Queen of Sheba was the excellence of the servants because they'd come and they'd seen the one. See, Solomon was like a picture of Jesus to us as well. They looked at Solomon and they were all struck by him, his servants. Yeah. And they were so glad to serve him. And that's us today. Yeah. Do you know there's such joy in doing things right? <laughs> oh Lord, O oh Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. See, God's a God of excellence. And we please him when we take on his nature. Because imagine if God was out of time. Imagine if his timing was like some of ours. Imagine if you woke up and the sun was out of Kilda. Like, God, I can't bother putting the sun up today. So he might sleep in. Uh, We're not having a winter this year. God's not up to it. He's got a cold. You know, imagine... But God, everything about him is systematic and and reliable and on time and excellent. All of creation shouts out, oh Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Full of color and vitality. So we look at the lily and we see God in that. In that moment, we see a God in heaven. And we say, God, let your nature and glory be seen in our lives. May all the world be awestruck because they are seeing God's people. Oh, Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. My prayer for this church is when people drive into this car park, they are hit, not just with the presence of God, which is amazing, but they're hit with a spirit of excellence. In all the people that, you know, there's a, there's a principle in the world that says it's 80-20. There's 80-20 principle. 20% do 80% of the work and 80% do about 20% of the work. But not in the kingdom because we're family. Yeah. Because sons have learned how to serve. We are sons that serve. We are not serving out of fear. We're not serving to get ahead. We're not serving to get promoted. We're serving because we're part of the family. And it's a family business. This church is your church. Yeah. Yeah. This is your city. This is your res- This is a family business. Yeah. And when one prospers, all prosper. Yeah. When one cries, all cries. Because we're a family and we work together. But in most churches throughout the land... There is a chronic lack of volunteers. So the Bible says, in the day of your power, we will volunteer willingly. Imagine that. Most pastors would be shocked. (laughs) When they took up offerings for Moses and the the tabernacle, he had to stop them. No more. You're giving too much. You're volunteering too much. Calm down. (laughs) It sounds funny because the reality is in, in God's kingdom so many people are self-focused. Yeah. We've all been like that. But you know, God's designed us to serve. We're shaped yeah. to serve. Yeah. We come alive when we serve. Yeah. So this fallacy that you burn out when you serve is not true. You burn out when you serve with wrong attitudes and wrong motives. That's the issue. I've been serving in the church all my life, and I'm just as passionate today as I was when I started. Yeah. Well, boo-hoo to you. Well, see, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm motivated out of love for Him. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for Him. I have, I have an audience of one. I want to please Him. He laid down His life for me. Whom has been forgiven much, loves much. Yeah. I do it because I love Him. I love anything that you love, I love. If you love the people, I'll love them. Yeah. That's the motivation. So we can go through the hard times and the good times, and we serve with a spirit of gladness. Amen. There's never been a day that I can recall that I've got here in front of you and thought, I don't want to preach anymore. I'm tired. I can't be bothered. Because it's an act of service. It's an act of excellence. I want to preach to you like I'd preached to 100,000 people. Because, oh Lord, oh Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Amen. So imagine what would happen if every single person here began to serve with a spirit of excellence. Not just here, but everywhere you go. John Maxwell gave a hint to his nephew when he was starting work. He said, do you want to be successful? This is what you need to do. You ready? Turn up to work half an hour before you're supposed to. And all the bosses said, amen. Leave half an hour after everyone else. And then go to the boss and say, here's my phone number, my mobile. If you ever need me, if you've ever got a problem, call me. I'll be there. Do you think he was successful? Excellence. Now, I know some people may not appreciate it. And sometimes it may not work out. But in the long run, if you strive for excellence in all you do, God will bless you. The Queen of Sheba gave unto Solomon because of his wisdom and the spirit of excellence that was over the house. 666 talents of gold every year my premise today is that as we allow God to renew our minds and serve with a spirit of excellence the wealth of the wicked will be laid up for the just God will bless you God will bring increase God will favor this church God will favor your life he'll favor your marriage he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think what an amazing thought so who today is ready to serve with a spirit of excellence? Yeah. Yeah. It's in the little things. It's in the way you turn up. It's in, now I know we always can't be early for everything, but it's in the way that we dress, the way we think, what we read, the friends we choose. I want to be excellent. I want to be pleasing to him. I want to be the instigator of the wealth of the wicked coming in. I want to stand before him and he would say to me, you are one of the excellent ones. Daniel had an excellent spirit. So He was highlighted. He was used by God. Not because he was great himself, but because he purposed in his heart not to defile himself, but to live unto the Lord. And he gave everything that he had. And I know we're growing this, but I want to encourage you, church, pursue this spirit of excellence in all that you do. Have a look in the mirror when you wake up. Maybe after you've had a coffee. And say so this is going to be an excellent day. The Bible says that, that this day is like the shining sun that shines brighter and brighter yeah. even unto the perfect day. Lord, I'm going for perfection this day. All that you have planned for this day, I want to perform. I want to see what you see. I want to serve where you show me to serve. I want to give when you tell me to give. I want to speak when you tell me to speak. Lord, I'm, I'm the excellent one made in your image cause me to be the instigator of divine moments. So rather than being sloppy, give your best. And maybe just in that moment, there will be a spiritual explosion like it was for Mary that affects all of eternity. Who knows? Do you think when she anointed Jesus with oil, do you think that she really understood that that one act would reap consequences Even to this day. And that act of excellence, turning up on time. See, sometimes it's timing that unlocks what God wants to do. And you can be late to the timings of God. Sometimes because of the way we carry ourselves, we're pushing away what God wants to do because we don't walk in excellence. And our demeanor pushes people away rather than attracts what God wants. And we're blaming God for not moving, but we've accepted a sloppy lifestyle and the people God brings into our pathway, we're repelling because of our demeanour. Yeah. And then we crank it at God. And he says, I'm an excellent one. I've created you to be excellent. And I'm bringing opportunities all across your path and you keep repelling them. By your body language, your anger, your disappointment, your discouragement, the, the vibes that you give off. I'm trying to bless you, you keep repelling it. So I want to be like Solomon. And in his house, an excellent one. I want to give it. So when I finished preaching, I walk away thinking I gave it everything that I know how to give. There's nothing left, no chances. I get one shot at it. And then when I walk away from that, if I'm making someone a coffee or doing something else, I give it with my heart and not go through motions. We have an awesome opportunity this year, church, to serve the Lord with gladness and excellence. In all that we do. And as we do that, there will be divine moments where God will release explosions of his kingdom. amen. Amen? Amen? So let's make a commitment this year to serve the Lord with excellence. You're going to get an opportunity today to serve somewhere. And here's the deal. I've served in probably every department, every spot. In the church, some that I was not good at, not shaped to do, but there was a need and I filled it for a moment. And then when that need was met, I found my perfect fit. Because in family, you get the job done. There's not many children that are gifted to wash dishes. Have you noticed that? I oh did. I've got a It's amazing to have homework now. But... But family is about getting the job down. It's about stepping in. It's about noticing. So when new people come in, we're we're looking out for them. Well, it's not my job. I'm not not on the roster. No, No, you're family. And if there's one person that walks in that needs a friend, you're the friend. Well, I've only been here two weeks. Well, you're in. (laughs) Be a friend. Love, serve, care for, invite. We're all eyes, we're all ears. And as we do that, Something happens, not just in that, that moment, but in all around it, God begins to move powerfully. I'm convinced that Solomon's house is the key to success, not only this church, but the kingdom in this city. As people begin to think his thoughts like Solomon, and then as people begin to act with a spirit of service like his staff. And then the queen began to bring in every year. Gold, silver, and spices. They're pictures of the people coming into the kingdom every day, every day. And so the way that you serve has a profound impact on the future of this city. God's watching. God knows it. It's a spiritual principle. If you sow with excellence, God blesses, God draws, God moves. Amen? Do you feel encouraged? So why don't you lift up your hands with me as we close today. Father, I speak over everyone here today, the mind of Christ. I pray, Lord, that there would be an increase of ideas, problem-solving strategies, increase. Show them how to prosper. Enlarge them, I pray. In Jesus' name, like Solomon, I thank you that we have the spirit of wisdom and understanding in our hearts Lord thank you for that Lord and I pray too today Lord that that spirit that was in Solomon's house of excellence of going beyond the call of duty would be in our hearts in all that we do in our studies in our workplace in this house of the Lord in our marriages our families everywhere we go let us be known as people of excellence and as we do that Lord we believe that you will bring in the wealth of the wicked into your kingdom as a result. We do this in faith. And I bless your people with great success as they serve this week. In Jesus' name.